0: Welcome to What's Left. A weekly political discussion, challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca, with co-host teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, and writer and teacher Jessica. Uh, we are online at what'sleftpodcast.com. Left, what's dot You can find that link to our site in the episode notes. You can also find our personal social media handles as at don Eduardo Barca on Instagram and just a Twitter handle as at jcomi eighty nine. Please subscribe, rate to view, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you uh right what was an episode no <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so i guess today's today's topic we'll be discussing um the episode we had last week on rfk jr and his running for the presidency during this election season and we had uh michael kane uh who's been a great uh leader at teachers for choice in in new york and as well as now if i don't i'll link to his um super pack uh that he's working for now but it was part of the children's health defense and uh and an organizer in every which way in new york and getting people um their jobs back and so we'll have michael came back on sometime soon but this episode garnered a lot of attention and in case anybody doesn't didn't hear it or watch it, uh they should. And as I said, I'm 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 here from Bogota well I'm from I'm actually right now in the coast northern part of Colombia. So forgive me for the audio if anyone is having difficulty or for the sound or any quality of the video because it's going to get a little bit um choppy. Um but anyhow back to 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 Michael kane and that episode. We had a lot of comments and uh we're a very small channel here on what's left and we like it that way. I mean, I like it that way. <laughs> but uh, we also don't mind having uh, in uh, an engaged discussion. And this time around, there were about, last time I checked, 800 comments, the most we've ever had, and also 10,000 views on What's Left um, episode uh, on RFK Jr., which is very rare for us because uh, the reason why I even mentioned subscribe, rate, review every single time in the intro is because we have a lot of algorithms that are always against this so it's a difficult way we always have a challenge um, tr- getting our voice out there and sending a signal or trying to find people that are like-minded for us but anyhow so uh, Andy you decided to do this this episode this way. why
1: don't you take it from here since you had the idea of doing this episode Yeah I mean 10,000 views isn't just rare it's completely unprecedented <laughs> I mean um, I think we had there was one you had done we had done on sex tech. Which had five thousand views, but that was probably because the thumbnail had like the sexy thing on it, and I think people clicked on it and were like, oh and then then they saw it was us talking about it, and then they were like off because that that episode had very had five thousand views but very little engagement. Um, I think you know we've, we've had stuff around um, uh, how the vaccine mandates were part of a techno technocratic trap in California. That got about two thousand views, um, and um, Eric Lerner, when he talked about the how the Big Bang never happened, um, uh, got in close to around two thousand views. So we've had that area, but we—I've never seen a response like this. I don't actually under fully understand because I do think there's an algorithm involved, you know, in terms of, but for whatever reason, when we put out this episode about RFK Jr., I mean it just it just launched like and I'd never seen anything like it. Um and Andy
2: did it sorry to interrupt you, but did it get super high views on or listens on other platforms like Spotify and iTunes and stuff, do you know? On
1: iTunes I don't get a sense that it was that much. I'd have to look at the analytics on it and I didn't, haven't checked Spotify. But on the other channels like Rumble and BitChoop, not as much. It just went nuts on YouTube as far as it's as far as I can an algorithm
2: talk. thing. And then it yeah. just
1: um and and so so I just had like for one I wanted to talk about it cuz it was it's such a different experience like for me if, like cuz I was normally like when people write I like to try to keep up with what they're saying and I initially kind of tried and it just became overwhelming and I was like and then it was just like there was just so much to read and so much to see and like the the episode itself launched this whole discussion that I I kind of I like that you know um even if I don't agree I was
2: like camping over the weekend. So I didn't, I wasn't even on the internet at all. And I got that text from, you know, That's like, I don't need help with responding to comments guys. Can you help? And I was like, what? what's going on? Yeah.
1: So, um, I did think we're not going to, what I was hoping to do is actually pick a few comments that we each highlighted that we wanted to respond to. Um, we're not going to, obviously we're not going to respond to 800. We're not even going to respond to all the different types of comments, but I wanted to, to take this episode to just respond to some of the, the the things that were said. And I, I'm curious, like I asked, you know, Jessica, you and Eduardo you to kind of choose ones that you wanted to highlight in terms of responding to. Um, and so I thought it would it'd be fun to do that.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think this is
0: a perfect opportunity for us since Andy's always reminding us, to engage with the audience,
1: and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this can, is, I, this is can I just say we, we've all looked over it. Here's what I'll say about what I think the general responses were. There were uh, most of the responses were like people just saying, "Yes, I'll vote for him," you know, "Yes, yes, 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 of course I will," da, 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 just that. There were some people who said no, few, very few who just said no, and then there were some a number of people who said why they were going to do it, like why they were so inspired by RFK Jr. Uh, then some people who said, "Hell no, I'm not going to do that." This is again in the minority. Um, and then some people who said, "If he voted, went independent, I might, or I'm going, or I'm going to go for Cornell West." Um, and and then there were other people. I mean, some of the interesting questions of like, I think there were some nice ones that people were appreciated the discussion that was had on our channel, even if they didn't agree with maybe me and Jessica who put out a "We're not voting for Bernie" view. And then some of those people posed questions to us. So I think that was the spectrum of responses we got. Um, and then sometimes people debated in, in, internally when they would say stuff like there were people who, who were RFK junior haters who they would say, hell no, I don't like him. And, you know, for and some it was because of Trump. And it was also interesting to note how many people there were a number of people who said, I used to vote Republican, but I'm going to register Democrat to vote for this guy. Or I was going to vote for Trump, but now I'm going to vote for RFK Jr. That was interesting to me. Um, so, those are some of the broad things that I saw in the comments. I don't know if other people want to share things that they saw.
0: I agree. Thank you for saying that. And because it was, I saw that most people were thumbs up for RFK Jr. And even one of them I had screenshot that had said Trump and RFK Jr. <laughs> together. So, I mean, those are the. Um, sort of the overall sentiment, and I mean, people can say
3: how they feel about it. I mean, this isn't open discussion.
0: I think a lot of people also did say that they appreciated the discussion we were having. Excuse me, with us, uh, but we'll get there. anyhow. That's I all. would.
1: I'll just say I probably think overall there was probably more like "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> you know, than than people who were like happy with, with our positions, but. I think that's fine i don't think too many people were like jerk total jerks about it um i i do want to comment that and i was noting this to jessica that it was very interesting to see how people would say that naive girl or that ignorant girl uh and I, they weren't taught they never mentioned me <laughs> i mean i'm not a girl but and Jessica thinks it's because they might've like just listened to her and then bounced afterwards. But when I read it, I was like some, I, it was just, it was a little interesting to say, well, she wasn't saying that things that were that different than what I was saying. Um, I don't know if I, I, just felt like it was more, it was sometimes there was some more patronizing uh, kind of condescending comments. Um, what I might call, I would have said sex, uh, comments that were a result of kind of that sexist um, double standard kind of thing. Um, but it could be they never heard what I was gonna say, so they never got to say anything bad on me. I'm not saying no one said anything bad on me. It just was if you read through the comments, you will see a difference between how they talk about Jessica and how they talk about Andy.
2: I mean, yeah, it for a YouTube comment section, I don't know. It was pretty tame. I not to insult like anybody who watched and commented, like there were a lot of intelligent comments, but I mean I was just saying before we started filming like I don't think the YouTube comment section of any video on the internet is like where you're gonna find like the most, you know, intelligent, like nicely worded discourse. Um, I, don't know. I thought they were just saying I looked young and fresh, but I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I did screenshot. There was one. This is my favorite comment. Uh, what is she talking about? Annoying. <laughs> I was like, Mom, is that you? <laughs> it's at heart and soul. <laughs> it's always like some like, you know, super sweet like username and then it's like, you fucking idiot
3: <laughs> Um
0: I had said earlier before that before we started this, this um before we started the episode I, I had said that it reminded me of the days when I used to get attacked um on Rumble or Odyssey, one of those before. And so it's all. It, it, it's not like I. Because what I'm saying is, it's just the most intelligent comments would be preferred so that we can actually debate and have a an, uh, discussion that's worthwhile. And I feel we're, you know, just people don't know how to say anything that's that's smart enough.
1: I I'm gonna have to disagree with both of you. <laughs> um, I on what on the idea like I actually thought mo- most of the people who who said stuff I thought were like got me to think about something um I would say I'm just highlighting maybe the minority of comments where I was like where I noted the a particular twinge to it um but I personally actually enjoyed reading over the stuff it was too much to read entirely um but I would not say it was dumb or people didn't see, seemed ignorant I just think people for me people were passionate I disagreed with most of the people I and many of them disagree with me, but I disagreed with the position people were taking, but I felt like we were clear where they're coming from. Um, I'm talking about specifically the comments that
0: I think people are just trying to find someone to insult. And yeah, specifically the comments around whether my accent has been Mexican or whether Jess just being a woman or a gal or girl or female. You know, she should wear her shirt. I'm a woman, (laughs) definition, and those are the things I'm speaking to. I'm not talking about generally the other comments. Okay, speaking to those,
1: yeah, Yeah. which you didn't get any attacks for. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't not describe those as the by any stretch the majority of the comments. We had 800. They have
2: boost views. You know, it's
1: fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow,
0: let's get into it. So, Jess, why don't you start?
2: okay um okay so i guess this one was directed at andy but i i feel like there are quite a few comments that were kind of arguing the same thing against my position and andy's position that we don't want to vote just period um so i was i felt like this one was just one of a, a bunch so this person said Andy, I disagree with your perspective on JFK and on changing the system. I have no idea about the evil acts perpetrated by the Kennedy administration, but I assume they are numerous. No president can hold his fist up and stop all these evil acts, but someone like Bobby can turn the tide with our help. Like you, he says we need a resolution, but Um, unlike.
1: I think they mean revolution.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, um, so many things open. Uh, like you, he says we need a revolution, but unlike you, he has a plan and is moving forward with it. Or am I wrong? Do you have a viable plan to bring the system down? If you do, I'm all in. Please point us in that direction. In the meantime, I will support Bobby. So I just... I mostly am focusing on like the end of that comment because I just feel like this sentiment and sometimes I think it's genuine in this case, I think it's totally genuine. Like it's not at all a, a dumb comment. Um, But sometimes I think this idea of like, well, what's your plan for the revolution? Like can you do better is kind of a bit of a, like a, deflection or like a defensive sort of response um you know the whole like okay like of course the system isn't perfect or yeah even like this the system downright sucks but do you have a better one and until you hand me the perfect solution I'm gonna be over here with everybody else like in this safe corner trying to change the shitty one that we have from the inside out. And I, I know I've, I've referenced this before, but it's such a good metaphor that, uh, Steve Poikinen always makes of like voting as every four years, we basically put all this effort into slapping shiny improved parts on to a machine that's designed to kill us. And that, like, I just think that's such a perfect metaphor. And there were, like, a lot of people that had this question of, like, well, okay, like, your critiques are valid, but, like, I'm not hearing you present a solution. Um, And I will say, and I think I even responded to this comment, or maybe it was a different one, that, like, it's a fair question, but I feel like we actually have had a lot of people on the show who are modeling solutions. Like, it might not be this perfect (laughs) you know, beautiful thing, but they're modeling that whole like exit and build, like creating their own schools or creating their own um, like birth circumstances outside the system or their own permaculture gardens or health protocols or just like bringing the realities that they want to life um, completely outside, like our political system or whatever, pick your your system, right? Um, And just like leaving those paradigms behind even though it's really fucking hard and takes, you know, so much risk a lot of the time. Um, And I like, I don't know, like I think we're also like the what's left crew is also like trying to do that. And it's sometimes in really small ways. And a lot of times we probably fail to make a difference, but like, I would rather be failing to do that than electing somebody who's, whatever like a moderately decent politician and I don't think that you can do both so yeah I guess just um I just feel like the whole argument that we have to have the new system laid out and completely agreed upon before we abandon this one is kind of just like a uh, an excuse to to keep the status quo in in place um yeah it it's like lining up your like your next boyfriend before you break up with the current one' <laughs> it's like you know like it's just not how life works like you have to first kind of have the clarity and like the courage to like step away like step off the cliff make space for the new and so the way I view it like we break we break the system or we abandon the system and then we kind of figure it out from there and that's the reward right like that's fighting over what we build from the rubble and how, um, and I'm not saying like we can't or shouldn't try to anticipate and try to make plans. But I mean, ultimately it's not going to unfold exactly how we think it will. And I think the present moment is, I mean, yoga teacher (laughs) coming in, but like the present moment is like the only place where we can like choose for ourselves. And so I think, yeah, just this like, show me your crystal ball and your 10 point plan is like it's a little absurd and like the last thing i'll say too is i i actually think it's a way of also trying to outsource maybe not intentionally but like outsourcing the work and the risk taking of actually being the person who goes out on the limb and is like the paradigm breaker and is unpopular because they're radical or revolutionary or whatever um you know who, who who says like fuck this this isn't working and I mean, even just with like the COVID shit the last couple of years, like we've seen a lot of those people pay like quite dearly for being the radical or whatever. And then everybody else just gets to be like, oh, okay, like you guys go break this system. I'll just be over here in the safe house until like in this comment, or like in the meantime. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not like grow a spine and like, realize that the sooner that we abandon the, the current system, the sooner we get to choose our new reality is, is kind of what I would say to this one. With totally with admitting that like this is exactly how I used to feel is like, well, what is it like I'll just go and do it like Michael said, like it's just one day, like just cast the ballot and then like go do your other work. I don't I don't actually think we can be truly doing both.
1: I'd like to respond to that one because that was one of the big ones for me um and then, right. you know um the the thing i i thought it was a very i think it's a pretty sincere question um but i do think it's a sincere question that comes from the pessimism of there is nothing else other than this system and i can, and i can't imagine it um which i understand because we have not none of us have lived in a re- m- many of us have not lived through a revolution or been in anything other than this capitalist system uh it is not true that Robert that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says we need a revolution he basically says we have to get back to free market capitalism Bernie Sanders is the one who said we need revolution and he didn't mean it um, I think RFK Jr. is being much more honest when he says we have to get back to real the real democracy of free market capitalism if you will um and then all the goods that he says will come from that um but I I think what I would say about the reason I have such a problem, I'm not with with, with uh, the voting and elections, is is because it is the alter, it election, part of what elections do is is take up all the oxygen in the room so people never do the actual work they need to do to make the change we need to make. And Jessica, I think you definitely noted, like we've had people talk about how they're trying to build their own schools. How they're uh, you know doing their own birthing, you know, like uh, trying to find their own medical systems. Uh, what was the you know people just and Max just trying to figure out how to stop you know lithium mining and Allison and Jake trying to find out how do we stop technology and the technocracy. And I think Allison and I agree with her would say we it's not just going to be enough to just stop those things. We're going to have to dismantle those things, and this is work that we we humans who are being attacked by this are going to have to do. This is not RFK Jr's work, it's not Bernie Sanders's work, and RFK Jr doesn't want to do that. This is our mission. And what I see voting is doing is it it just it is essentially a system that says please don't change, don't change this thing or you dare not change it, trying to trying to direct people away from the actual thing that will change. And and if I you had an analogy of like, well, you know, I'll get this boyfriend until I have that boyfriend, but it I mean, it's literally like somebody telling you there's a bunch of boyfriends behind that cell wall, open that, open that prison wall, go inside, close the door. And you're going to see a bunch of boyfriends, you know, for you or girlfriends, you know, it's like, no, like, there's nothing there other than a trap. And so what I'm really saying to people is I think we have to go a completely other direction. Like if if we're going to, if you're going to go from San Francisco and try to get to New York, I don't think you should start walking north. I think that's a bad idea. I think you need to walk in a generally eastern direction. Like I don't exactly know the route, but I think you've got to go that way. And I think what what the ruling class is doing with elections is trying to say, "Oh, you want to get to New York? Come north, uh, or go west <laughs> into the ocean, and maybe we'll we, we promise we'll get you there, you know, and they're not. they're They're going to drown you in the ocean rather than get you to New York. Um, and so that's that's what I feel. That's why I feel passionate about like saying, don't go there because they're trying, they're like, they are like vampires trying to suck your energy and trying to tell you that they will make the change, that you can't make the change. And th- the inverse is the true. The only way we will have an actual revolution is if regular people feel in their hearts and take action in their, with their, with their hands and with their feet in making the world that they want. And we have highlighted a few people who are, who are trying to do that. But that's, it's going to take all of us doing that together to make the world actually one that's livable. And elections are literally just saying, oh, we can do it for you. And it's a complete myth. And, and it's a myth that stops people from, from, from taking action on their own. And that's why I think it's so destructive. And the reason I, I, I can't give, a, give a, a roadmap is the roadmap would literally be constructed by all of us who are taking action together. Like, we're going to have to do this. Like, It's like, it's like telling people, I don't know, it's like, it's like putting people in a forest and saying, well, how are you going to get out? Give it the rope mode after getting out. The first thing they have to do is get together and say, we're going to try to get out together. And, and they have to figure it out. Like, it's not Bernie Sanders or RFK Jr. who's going to get you out of that forest. It has to be done by the people themselves. That part, I believe firmly is it cannot be done by anybody other than us. And elections
3: are trying to tell you something different than that.
2: I think quite a few people got, like, kind of, like, offended by, like, comparisons to Bernie, like, between RFK and Bernie, which I thought was interesting, because, like, like content wise, they, they are very different, but, like, this scenario is, is I'm sorry, but, like, it, the parallel is so real.
1: I think so. um and and both of them, both of them are basically situate people in a passive place of saying who is who's the one who's going to do something for me? I always say neither is going to do something for you, and it's not because of them. it's because this they are operating within this system that has only one way to go, which is to crush humans and exploit them. And as long as they are members of that system, and as long as they are part of the state in that system. They are just going to be participants of that. And at best they're going to be trying to inoculate you from thinking that you should change that. That's the best they're going to do. But the very idea that Bernie or RFK Jr. or Andy or Jessica, if let's say I ran, the idea that I'm going to liberate you is is the opposite of revolutionary action, of revolutionary agency. It's the idea that, oh, somebody else is going to have to save me. And once you start adopting that, Revolution is impossible at that point.
0: So my turn. Uh, so speaking to at Talia Grace 44, uh, three days ago, wrote this. We definitely need the Southern border controlled better. Have you seen the Sound of Freedom film, this movie thing that I keep hearing about, and everybody keeps telling me to go watch, which I am in Colombia myself, so I will speak to that. Next comment, because they're connected. Uh, you're talking about the great reset. Uh, open board, this is part of the great reset. This is what the World Economic Forum wants. Wow, well, read Whitney Webb. Whitney Webb is always right. Whitney Webb comes with receipts. All right. So come back. all right, let's let's respond to this. Oh, who said that? Hold on? because if you're gonna say something, you' should better add john southern seventy six seventy one four days ago. All right. Good. So my response to this is, uh, I think, there's an episode that I've already dedicated to this that anybody can read. I was in Mexico the last time. I had just, this was last year, and I posted that on my Instagram, and people can also find it on our West Left uh, channel. Andy will also link it. I've already discussed the border issue without going too further into it. Uh, you know, people who want, or first of all, the World Economic Forum wants more control and surveillance, AI and passports and papers, and all of that shit that you're saying that World Economic Forum wants. So open borders is not the same thing of what they're talking about. They're talking about everyone should have freedom of movement, but with surveillance. I'm talking about freedom of movement, wherever you want to go without being surveillance, without having passports, without documents. I'm speaking specifically to the acts of love, the acts of economic movement, the acts of migration that we've had for thousands of years. And so I think that people need to wake up and realize that, no one is originally from a specific place. We're all mixed. These two individuals here with me right now are also very mixed. We're, everyone here is mixed. Everyone has always migrated for, for just thousands of years. And I think that geofencing and surveillance, like what we've seen at Ciudad Juarez and El Paso, is exactly the kind of thing that is coming to our future. If we're not... Pro open borders, this is what's going to happen to us. There was a 2014 podcast that I had shared also on that episode that I invite anybody to see. It is regarding the drones that they are being used and that even in the United States of Northern America, where they're saying that they want to use drones, like in Oklahoma City, where they were starting to surveillance people and people stood up. I'm glad they stood up. But unfortunately, it's going to come for us. I've even seen drones in San Francisco. I've seen drones. I've seen automated auto Self-driving cars. There's drones everywhere. And geofencing is a part of that strategic plan. So anyone who is supporting the, the border issue here, we have to understand quite well that is coming for us. It's not just for immigrants. People keep making it about that issue. People keep talking about they're gonna we're gonna need to control the southern border. No, it's coming for you and your families. That's what it's coming for to surveillance. Every single one of us, it's coming for your children, it's coming inside your home. And that's what you want. If you are part of the freedom movement, you are wrong on this issue. And I have been at Trump rallies and I have also supported people, not Trump rallies, specific Trump rallies. I mean to say like at the Sacramento with Trump supporters, I mean to say. And that was what I went with Kenny and we stayed afterwards. And I felt uncomfortable. People were talking about anti-immigration there. But I'm talking about uniting us as working class folk. I'm on the left. I still consider myself to be on the left. Not this kind of left, the liberal left, but I am on the left still. I don't know about you and Jess, but I still am. And I have hopes. I'm of that 60s left where you question big brother, big man and all of that. But it enrages me that people keep talking about border issues. Control the southern border. Control. Watch the Southern freedom movement. Why don't you watch Jeffrey Epstein? You should go ahead and watch Jeffrey Epstein with Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump and all, Prince Andrew, all of that mess. And everybody's getting away with it. And I was wrong on that episode that we did together where we discussed uh, Jeffrey Epstein. At that time, we had just begun the, the What's Left podcast. I wasn't too sure. I didn't like to go into these conspiracies, but everything is adding up. No one is being jailed. No one is being incarcerated. No one is being, why was he dead? I don't know. Figure it out. But you know what's happening in this world? What's happening is a lot of corruption, even here in Colombia, where everybody who has to have a cedula which is a carnet, which is like a a scanning thing where you have to go into a hostel. I'm the only one. It's only because I'm with my friends that they're able to scan already because they're ready. I'm not scanning anything to enter any hostel or to go into a home or to go to a, 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 a a shop or to go anywhere. This is an issue that should matter to all of us. And if you're supporting this, I'm sorry. You're not a part of what Whitney Webb, I don't know. She's got it wrong on this. She keeps talking about something else. She should come on the show and talk to us, and I'd be happy to talk to her. I love everything she's done. I love what she's researched on, but she should come here and debate us with it. And I invite her to debate me about it. I'm sick and tired of people bringing that up. And as far as this whole thing on like why people need to be controlled and they're popular, like, honestly, people don't always move for economic reasons. I just I mean, I don't know how people's hearts. I just met someone today, I was, I went out, I'm in a coastal town called Santa Marta, and I met a woman, her name is Andrea, and I'm going to help her. And she has been four years separated from her, like, love, because she's, the other person who she's in love with lives in Mexico, in my country. And she's working her ass off trying to build a future and trying to build herself. People move for lots of reasons, which we've already discussed on this show. And I want people to see that episode. And it's not always just to invade. It's not always, and my own country has the biggest surveillance issue on this, using Israeli AI uh, uh, surveillance programs from Israel, from Israel that they use on the Palestinians that my country uses, that AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador uses in my own country, surveilling the Northern border and the Southern border on all immigrants. And if anyone has already watched anything that I have done, I have worked with Venezuelans, bringing them from border to border, helping them out. I'm in Colombia where people, yes, I know about sound. I mean, I don't have to. No, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I really don't want to. I've watched enough clips. It disgusts me. You're talking to someone who's been abused. I have been abused myself. I have also done sex work. This isn't new to me. Like, of course, I know those things. It's enraging watching those things. I'm not going to be someone who's going to be like, oh, my goodness, we shouldn't watch that film. Of course, it's enraging. That is the whole scene is happening in Latin America. Of course, you have to pick out Latin America. There's a lot of pedophilia that's happening in the USA, but no one is talking about it. Where did I get abused? I didn't get abused in Latin America. I got abused in the United fucking American States. That's where things happen. And that's what people choose not to see. And they keep calling pedo-democrats. Republicans as well. Everyone is in the pedophilia ring. And that's what people should be watching out for. So I'm sick and tired of people talking about the Republicans or the Democrats. And people should start doing something about it. And I, so I'm, I just don't want to see any more of that shit. And I'm tired of people saying that. So anyhow, the World Economic Forum can suck my <laughs> But honestly, like the World Economic Forum is not
3: there saying the same thing as I'm saying. They're not. So I'll say that piece and then we can move forward.
1: I completely agree. Um, can I say something to add to it? Yeah, you can. Because it, because that was brilliant. <laughs> so, I, if you just want to leave it like that, um, first off,
2: you can clip that out. Put it as its own video.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I I'll go start backwards. Like there was a, a study from Britain that said the vast majority of sexual abuse is all in the family. It happens within a family. It's not. It's not from Africa or Europe or China the vast majority and it's and it's ubiquitous they said they expected up to 30% of families had incidences of some sort of sexual abuse where a young person by an uncle or an aunt or a mother or a father was being abused and so it it, it that's, that's that's where it's located you know and this so this and this sound of freedom movie it's very interesting to me when there's been this massive Separation of wealth up to the top. It's very interesting to me that right now, and the, as the elections are trying to um, scapegoat both the Republicans and Democrats, are trying to scapegoat immigrants in some way, shape, or form to, for, to get people to forget that they were literally robbed by the ruling classes of all the various countries. And here we had it was fucking uh, black Black Rock and various you know multinationals as well as local comp- companies robbing us blind and trillions going upward. It's very interesting that that they're going to try to say oh that this issue of child trafficking is somehow related to something in South America. Like it doesn't scan for me. Like and and it's a lie. And if you were going to deal with the issues that you're talking about of coyotes and things like that, you would make open borders. The, the those those people got created people who take advantage of oh, adults and young people in getting across the border that was created by the building of the border and the the militarization of the border and was not nearly as ubiquitous as then so if you wanted to get rid of that if you want to get rid of people being abused like that the one of the things you're going to want to do is eliminate the border um uh, to to do that um to be with our families to to people so people can move freely Right. And World Economic right. Forum is not talking about open borders, people moving freely. What they're saying is, is what all ruling classes say is they're going to control and they're going to, they're going to either create a queue for how it happens. They're going to control how it happens. Sometimes they're going to open the floodgates and let people through. Sometimes they're going to shut them down. But the whole basis for that is for them to control labor and control workers for generally for profits, not for the only, only the reason. And so there, there's no part of national boundaries that are that are in our interests um, and World Economic Forum isn't interested in getting rid of them. What they're interested in is doing is saying we will be the ones who decide who flows in and out. We, what we won't let, let happen is we won't let one worker on one side of the wall be allow them to freely move across the other side. Um, they're going to have to come through us first. And that's the whole thing we're trying to fight is elites basically deciding what workers do. So I agree with I mean, I completely agree with you, Eduardo. That it is a contradiction to say you are looking to fight for freedom and at the same time say, "Oh, queue up here to come into my country," and 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 I would uh, the only thing I would disagree with Eduardo is it's not just a Trump thing, as we heard from the last episode. It's a Democrat thing. It's anybody who thinks, "Oh, right. I'm, even right. I'm, I'm even Michael Caine who hey, i 'Hey, I'm I'm for immigrants, but but there needs to be a process for how they come in.'" The minute you say you want a process for them coming in, you are basically empowering the state to say, oh, I'll come in and decide. I'm the one who's going to decide who comes in. It's not going to be like regular people deciding. And and I have no, I should have no say on what anybody from any country does on where they travel and what they do. And if I, and any, I don't want to be part, if I was part of such a world, then I am not in a free world in the way that I want to build it. I want to be part of something where I am free to move. Eduardo's free to move. Jessica's free to move. Anyone in this world is free to move wherever the fuck they please because they might want to go there and I don't want the power to stop them. Now, I can stop you from hurting me. I can stop you from stealing me, stealing from something from me or something like that. But for you to just live your own life and and be you, we are trying, a freedom world, a freedom movement is the opposite of of giving anyone the power to do that. And the the border, border control is literally, like Eduardo, you said. It is literally the blueprint for how they're going to not just control immigrants, but how they're going to control all workers.
2: Well, and it's so blatant mm-hmm. too that like so much of the freedom movement, like whether you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, like what was one of the biggest complaints that they had these past three years is having literally their freedom of movement. Even if it was like people, people were scared they were going to shut down like state borders and they weren't going to be able to drive from Oklahoma to Kansas or whatever it's like how the fuck can you not see that that's the same exact thing it's just an invisible line that somebody way way above you on the socioeconomic hierarchy decided would benefit them right or even like fucking being able to go to the grocery store right like for Allison talking about like geofencing like of your own door like whether you're looking at it on a, a national scale, state scale, micro whatever, like it's the same fucking concept.
0: I mean, I even like just you saying I'm that I'm
2: gonna step out for like sixty seconds, you guys can keep yeah, going. Go it. ahead,
0: go ahead. You know, even just you saying that just um it's like the biggest pedophilia that I could see is like the surveillance of children in their private homes. I mean that's that to me is from the state. Um uh, you know who's going to be watching that? Who's going to be getting off of that? But anyhow, back to this whole thing that people, as if Colombia and Latin America are the worst places. Look, I've I've seen who is sponsoring and who is supporting this film. Uh, it's a Mexican and, um, and it's someone who had like talked about this story uh, who is a US American, a Christian, and who went out and worked at the border and who then went all the way to rescue the sister of a young boy who needed help. It's a tragic story. There are thousands of those stories. And I'm not trying to diss and say that that story of Sound of Freedom isn't one that is heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking, but it is one film that is highlighting one issue to try to persuade someone like everyone else here emotionally that that there should be more border control. What about the UN, the United Nations? And the whistleblower that talked about what happened in Eastern Europe, where the UN folk were trying, were not trying. Excuse me, they were exploiting women in the Ukraine. You know, by UN officials. That is what's happening. What about in Afghanistan, where the military were having sex with children, with boys, young boys? There are documentaries. And they were even allowing the Afghans, who they were training, have sex with young boys. It's widely culturally accepted there that that happens. What about the sex trade that's happening here in Colombia by U.S. Americans who are flying over here or they're flying over to Thailand? White people, not just brown people do this, is what I'm trying to say. To me, it's not brown or white, but people are saying, tell them freedom. Look what time it's around the freedom. Because look, they got all the Colombians. Because they want to use brown people as if they're the evil force. No, people are evil, whatever color you are. There's a bunch of white people out here in the center having sex with young girls. I see it here in Colombia. It's not brown people using this. It's U.S. American tourists, you know? Or what about Oxfam, this charity person, or excuse me, this charity uh, organization in Haiti? If you were going to get resource in return, you had to do it for sex, These are large organizations. No one has been prosecuted. So if we're gonna go for the little guys, you know, the little, you got bigger fish to fry as the expression goes, which is Bill Gates, you know, Prince Andrew, these are big people to go after, which I don't see that kind of rage and fury. All abuse to me is tragic. All abuse to me is horrible. It's it's it tears my heart. It, I have the I, I know what it's like, you know, but but I feel people's emotions are directed towards one specific thing they want us to do, which is and if you're not careful and you're watching something and you're being brainwashed, they're saying to you, it's the border that's the issue, right? And it's not. It's everywhere. And I just mentioned examples because I know someone in the comments that said, I don't believe anything that Andy says unless you have evidence. Well, for anyone who wants evidence, I just mentioned a few. So the UN, Oxfam, um, all that sex ring with the politicians, you know, and I think everyone knows by now there's a lot of sex trade that happens. I see it here. I see it here all the time. Anyhow, we, we can move add, forward.
2: Uh, we should add Washington State to the trafficking yeah. list too, because they've just passed legislation, and other states, including Oregon, I think, are following suit. Where, um, under the premise of like gender-affirming care, the, children can be taken from their parents and become wards of the state, and then I mean, they they're being trafficked by literally state entities. It's insane.
0: You just reminded me. Just thank you so much. And the other thing too is. It's not a border issue as well. It's the people crossing over to the United States of, you know, the USA, where they in detention camps. They have been abused. Kids who've been separated by their families who have been abused by U.S. Americans, and also women who have been uh,
3: their tubes tied in the USA without consent. Uh, population control, which I'm not for,
0: you know. Anyhow, we've we've I think. I belated the issue. People, I invite people to to uh, look out for our episode in the link below. If you want to talk to me personally about any of this on my Instagram, you can message me. People send me some kind of petty stuff. I really didn't pay much attention to, but you can send me some like intelligent respo- uh, um, requests, and I will respond to you.
2: <clears throat> and I want people to talk Go to ahead. me too because my parents. Like, my mom basically married my dad for a green card. So I just want to know, like, what the fuck the difference (laughs) is? Like, is it it just that we have light skin? Because if so, like, it's really, really hard not to understand this as just blatant racism.
3: Yeah,
1: everyone, all of you are come from different backgrounds. No one is truly anything. And I want to add one other feature. Of the head fixing that I think is going on with with movies like Sound and Freedom, is they will highlight the problem of the border, the problem of brown people, um, and then they will also give us the solution of uh, putting a piece of metal inside of children so they can be tracked. That's what's coming as a result they're of already
2: like do that. it to the dogs.
1: So they're gonna they're gonna tell you what the problem is, and they're gonna feed you the solution, and so. You better beware of when mainstream tells you anything and gets you psyched about anything. You better watch what's coming, because they've always got a different angle than what they're coming at you with.
2: All right. Throw us a comment, Andy.
1: All right. I got mine. I feel Um, like you're
2: going to pick one that you liked. Eduardo and I are like, we want to (laughs) fight.
1: I will. (laughs) Well... I'm willing to, but I want to spend time on one that I, I did like this one. I just think it requires some thinking about it. Um so this was one I I liked a lot. There, there I clipped a bunch of comments from people who were like big Bob Bobby supporters or Robert F. Kennedy Jr. supporters. Um, but this is the one that for me I felt like I wanted to talk with you all and, and respond to. Um because I think it actually it's actually what I think. Is on Michael Caine's mind. I think it's in a lot of people's mind for why they support this run. Um, and I, and I think what they think is there is not necessarily there. Um, so this was done by said the gadfly and there's two parts to it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I see a picture of a woman here, so I think it's a she. but I, I don't know what they are. Um, if Bobby didn't run, there wouldn't be anything to be all in about with am uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. if Bobby didn't run, there wouldn't be anything to be all in with him about. If he didn't run Dem against Biden, he'd be getting no attention at all, and anti-vax wouldn't even be a thought in 90% of people's heads. He's raising the profile. If Bobby wasn't shaping the debate, it would be nothing but pro-establishment all day, every day. We're we're all here now because Bernie, and I think he's, Bernie lit a spark. I guess she's talking to Bernie Sanders. Let's light another one that grows grows our numbers by including the right wing and more independents. Um, okay.
2: I don't really disagree with the first part.
1: Um, well, I do. I disagree with the first and the second, but I'll certainly say that I do think this person is also touching on the thing we've seen where they see Bobby's run very much like Bernie's run. And I actually agree with that, which is you are definitely having, and Bernie's run was, a sheepdog operation into the Democratic Party. Bernie doesn't doesn't call it that. Robert F. Kennedy doesn't call it that. I think Bernie did actually believe that, like, I actually do think Bernie knew, knew what he was doing. I don't think Robert F. Kennedy thinks of himself as, well, no, of course he does. He's trying to resuscitate the Democratic Party. So both of these people are have one aim, <laughs> by and large, which is they can say it's about narrative or whatever it is. The biggest thing they're trying to do is resuscitate the Democratic Party, resuscitate the system that, out of which the Democratic Party is part of, and that's the capitalist system, and resuscitate the idea of this this myth that the U.S. was once a fair place, a democratic place. It, it, it hasn't been in our lifetime. Um, maybe you can say something about the American Revolution, but it has always been a, a it has always been a hierarchical system, and it has always been a system where. A few people are ruling over many, and that is not freedom. That is not democracy. That is dictatorship, and that's a kind of oligarchy. And has only been a strengthening of that oligarchy. Um, so this this idea that if he didn't run, or if he if he didn't come into this race in as a Democrat, we would never have heard about this. I dis- I disagree with that. Actually, what's been happening is even even before burn uh what's uh, what's uh, Robert F Kennedy jr was running more and more families have been moving away from the idea of having putting their, their their kids on the vaccination schedules right this this there was the beginning of an actual break of people with the medical system of people with the education system that is taking place what Robert F Kennedy jr is trying to do and th- and people were drawing radical conclusions about the education system and the va- and the vax and things like that. As Jessica and I both said, we are anti-vax. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been clear. He is not anti-vax. He is really just saying, I want these companies to be checked and regulated. That is not good enough. That's not even close to good enough. You cannot regulate a a, gen- a genocidal euthanizing operation, which is what it ultimately is. And so Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is about, about narrowing, about shaping the debate so it doesn't get you to the conclusions that you're done, that you are done with all this shit. Well, you're done with the tech, you're done with the, the medical system, you're done with the education system. He is trying to get you to come, he's trying to like limit the actual debate so you don't actually get to the conclusion that you that we we need a completely different system. So far from actually putting ideas that are necessary for us to hear He's not about that. His candidacy ultimately is going to play the role of very much bounding the discussion to not like that there is no pandemic, that they've never isolated the sars cov 2 or that there might not be anything such as there may not be viruses at all. He's going to say they mismanaged the pandemic. Um, that uh, you know we needed we needed alternative treatments um, and, and and better better um, better studied vaccines and things like that. You know, and that's and and not we don't have to dismantle pharma. We just have to regulate it and keep it from capturing the White House or capturing the state, which is impossible because corporations and the state are completely fused under capitalism. So I think the the person has got it wrong that actually his job is to make sure that people who are coming to more radical conclusions and are leaving the system, he's going to try to draw them back in and say, hey, it's OK. We I've I got you here and we can work within, within, within it. Um, let me see the last part that I remember.
2: Can I say something about that before you move on to the this? Yeah. Go go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't have Jeff's comment in front of me. Oh, well, actually, I also just wanted to say, I, I genuinely think RF kid junior cares a lot about like vaccine injured kids and the moms of vaccine injured kids and stuff like that. So like, I hope it doesn't come across that we're not acknowledging that. It's just.
1: No, I want to add to that. He helped convince me that I should, that, that these people, that Vax has got to go and that these, these medical institutions have to go. So he was part of helping me learn that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think he's, that's exactly what you said in the last episode, right? Which is like, if he would sort of follow that to its logical conclusion in terms of his political platform, you know, We're not critiquing like his really immensely like important work with those moms and those kids, Um, but just like on the parameters, like I, I didn't screenshot Jeff's comment because it's not the third I know, but um, you know, on the like no virus or no proof of the virus um, by the name of COVID, just on that issue too. Like to me, it's the same exact like parameters of the discussion right um the mainstream maybe as a result of a sort of moderate rebel like RFK on account of that platform the mainstream may seed a little bit um of the narrative but that's like all the more reason why those who are more extreme than RFK are going to be boxed out of the discussion like whether it's anti vax whether it's proof of virus whether it's JFK's legacy like the narratives that he is helping to solidify his election campaign don't like entertain any of that um and i mean even like i think you were gonna bring up the the guy who was like geez like the conspiracy theory guy isn't even really enough for your conspiracy theorists and it's like well actually yeah like yeah that is that is the
1: point oh maybe i should show that one i guess the last thing and Eduardo, you should get your point here as well is when when the person said if bobby wasn't shaping the debate it would be nothing but pro-establishment and that's exactly the point that's why he's there the establishment needs him my brother asked me do they do they hate rfk junior there might be some individuals in the ruling class who hate rfk junior you know like that but but they need him because if they didn't have people like him right now to be in there then there's a whole bu- then then the discussion that the establishment was going to have is going to be completely hermetically sealed into this area and they're going to lose people And that's the last thing the establishment and the capitalist system wants. They need people to be part of this, hooked into the electoral system, hooked into the idea that, hey, we'll represent you, vote for us and everything will be okay. Or there's a way here. Or, hey, we almost got RFK Jr. there. Good try. Try it again in four years and maybe you'll get your guy then or or gal, whoever it is. So absolutely, they counted on people like RFK Jr. to come in to actually open up the discussion so it can bring in people like you who are trying to see, is this really the way I want the world to be? So it's, he's doing exactly what the establishment needs him to do, which is open the discussion wide up enough so it can so it can let people back in so they can be used and abused by the same system. So I I agree with that statement that it would be a very narrow discussion, but that's why they can't have it. Eduardo, you want to add anything to that or I don't know if you need to see the quotes again.
0: I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not um adding more to it because I think you you say it concisely. I I could see that. I I know that by inviting you you kind of have those contrasts and people get sucked in into the election season because they're able to see that. And I and so anyhow, yes. Yeah, I don't have any more to add to that. Yeah. Jess, you've got yours?
1: So oh, we're doing
2: another round? Okay.
1: We're gonna do one, one more round. round. We thought, we thought we we're probably leaning more towards the positive than Okay.
2: I hope this is the one I'm thinking of. Um okay, so Americans need to realize that the real divide is not between the right and left, but between the top 1% and the rest, 99 percent mm-hmm. below. Blue voters hate red v- voters, and vice versa. And yet Bush, Obama, and Clintons are good friends and pedophiles as well. Um No, she didn't write that. Uh, Both parties serve the same donors from big banks and big corporations to fund elections and basically own Washington. We the people provide the taxpayer money for new wars to pay off donations from the weapons industry, new pandemics to pay back donations from big pharma, etc. Think in 1980, in the 1980s, Democrats created superdelegates, ensuring that their candidate will be chosen by the establishment rather than by voters from 2020 to 2023. Democrats imposed censorship beyond dystopian movies, and now they canceled Democratic presidential candidates' debate. Wake up, people, democracy, and censorship cannot coexist. I just thought it was a well-constructed comment, really.
3: Yep. I agree. I mean,
1: I just, I like that one. Um, There were
2: a few comments that were sort of like oh, you guys are such like downers, like you've given up and like you don't believe in democracy. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like, I feel quite hopeful in a lot of ways, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't believe the illusion that we live under a democracy. We we have more freedoms than some other countries in some capacities for sure in terms of the people, but no, I don't think we live in a democracy whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I know, I would describe myself as, pessimistic about the prospects for revolution but i'm but i haven't given up on it and i am trying to be part of something that will actually in my opinion actually have the possibility of making change for the better so um i agree with you there were some people who thought that we had given up and it's like no it's the opposite if i had given up i wouldn't be doing what's left so
3: the only thing i'll say to that comment just and thank you for
0: bring it up is that i think it's true that most of the infighting is happening amongst us workers and and the elite the ruling the governing class are all in cahoots and everyone's benefiting from this division that we are ourselves and so even just saying i'm on the left i keep talking about the hippie left but honestly it's not left or right to me it's very very complex people i'm from latin america where you could still be pro life but you could also be having your family have an abortion and you support it, or you could still think you're religious and the Bible says, you know, same sex relations are not morally correct, but you still go to pride. Not to say that I go to pride. I don't really go to pride, but I'm just saying the point is that these, these, these contradictions exist and it's very hard to make, to box anyone in. So, and I think we should start seeing that. And even I will still continue being, you know, in in uh, I will still continue being in solidarity with people from the freedom movement, from even Trump supporters. My best friend is a Trump supporter and I don't agree with him on a lot of things. And we're not at a crossroads just yet where we're going to have to mark that line where you and I are not on the same side. I have even said this to Andy as well. We may have to cross that line at some point, but we're not there. And until we get there, we should be more united than
3: we should be divided. So. Anyhow, that comment was good, just, um
1: Andy, go ahead. Okay. Um, so my two, I'm going to do two. One is just the one I really like, and the other one is really funny. Uh, so this person wrote, this is Annette McDonald, um, 9192. Love this panel. I'm so confused about my beliefs, but I love to listen to different opinions because these opinions are very important. I'm very interested in RFK, but then I listen to these guys, do dissidents, and others that I respect, and gather up all of it and make an informed decision. And that's why the mainstream, is so, mainstream media is so dangerous when they prevent us from hearing people like this. Um, I think what I love, like I think the, the thing I liked about this is, well, I'm glad they loved the panel, but I just appreciated them saying I'm so confused about my beliefs. I don't think this stuff is easy and it's just uh it's just nice to see that and i feel like there's such humility in that i would like to be that humble i hope i am hope i project that but this is this person is speaking the way i want to be um which is just to acknowledge when i don't i'm not sure about something and get really, out of the shared screen oh i know cuz i got to show my next one oh. that's my reason sorry and um uh and then the last one um this was just, I thought was hilarious. This is the funniest one. Uh, it was by Clay Skelton uh, 9557. And I think he's, write, he's writing this about Jessica and me, I guess, as well. <laughs> but I think Jessica more fits the thing. Um, he goes, imagine being such a conspiracy theorist that you think the conspiracy guy is a conspiracy, LOL. Um, and I just cracked up about that one. And I think, Jessica, you responded to it as well.
2: I think I just said... You're not wrong. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah.
1: I act, it's it's both funny, and I actually think it's accurate. It's an accurate description of the the, the 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 worlds within worlds kind of place we get ourselves. I mean, that's the way that that is the way the world is. You know, um, so it can be that way. And I just thought he pointing it out was funny.
2: Clay Clay dropped some wisdom, and I presume did not subscribe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who knows.
1: Oh, and Eduardo, I gotta share my screen. Now for you. we
3: should go with mine.
0: All right, here we go. <clears throat> so this comment is from at Jessica Michelle 7521. I just discovered this podcast and I'm really loving it. It reminds me of okay, the old KPFA. Please do more shows and let's have more discussion about where to go from here. Will a revolution really occur if the whole economy doesn't collapse? Are we moving into the next the next Great Depression? Why did so many Bernie Voters just give up after 2020? Or rather not just give up but turn so conservative? Is it all due to Trump derangement, derangement syndrome, or is this who they really always were? So, so first of all, as Jessica Michelle seventy-five seventy-one, I I love KPFA. I really, really do. It it it. It's even during the whole pandemic where they were talking about COVID and they were just being a bunch of COVIDians. Honestly, the programs there, even the history that I've learned, it's been like a university for me. Just listening, listening, listening. I have. I'm not going to dismiss all of the knowledge I have gathered because of kTFA and I'm really appreciative of that you saying this because I hope that of my delusionment that I had because they were spreading a lot of propaganda um I hope that we would create something like this here and uh and I also love this panel I, I love that Jessica's here I love that MD is discussing these ideas with me and Jessica's always challenging and we have differences but we're still united in this panel and so I hope that this space for viewers, new subscribers, uh, new listeners, uh, anywhere you are, and uh, hopefully you stick around. I really do. And we'll read more comments hopefully in the future. This is a space, a platform where we hope that all ideas can be discussed, even when we have disagreements, and that this be an example for what people would actually do in their own homes, which is to have honest discussions. And as you can see, my, through my evolution from when I first started, what's left to 2023, I have changed, even on the Jeffrey Epstein thing I had said. so. If people really have these honest conversations, I think that's what's going to unite us more. And what's left is a part of that. It was to discuss what's, as I always say, it's challenging the mainstream left. And, uh, but I, I will one day change that. I'm not sure when because I'm always busy and Jessica hasn't really helped me with that. And Andy's always on top of us about that. I didn't help back to this. So I hope that KPFA, uh, comes back to its original roots. Uh, it was about freedom, free, um, speech, freedom of speech, uh, but it has gone so far to more of censorship and um, nitpicking and everything the left is that I'm not a part of the left of today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, back to the revolution, A revolution can always occur even with the whole economy uh, collapses. People have always been um, resilient, and and we don't need an economy to stand up. We can always create a world that we create together um, and to the next great depression. I do believe we will. We are heading towards a very big recession. And unfortunately it was covered up um, last 2020 by calling it a pandemic. There was already a great depression in vicinity, except that the world really covered it up by a pandemic, yeah. which people can either accept or not. And we're about to have another one in the future. And if people don't, uh, start uh, questioning things the way they did and just gather like, cattle or sheep, we won't ever have a revolution. Why did so many Bernie voters just give up in 2020? Bernie uh, shouldn't have gone Democrat. Bernie shouldn't have gone from uh, Hillary Clinton. He shouldn't have even supported Joe Biden. Bernie should have not even been an independent, I realize now, after a discussion I had with Andy over the phone. He should have created his own thing, stepped out of that and completely started marching and being with the rest of us. But I think Bernie Sanders believes in the system and he should, I don't know. I I, I really don't know anymore about Bernie Sanders. It was a phase at, at that time. And honestly, the progressive left has pushed me away. So I don't pay attention to that anymore. Um, or rather, not just give up, but turn so conservative. I don't think any of us really are turning conservative. I think we're finding a lot of commonalities. I think the freedom movement is, is a part of that, as well as, as you can see. And one of the comments people said, uh, Trump and RFK Jr, which I think is very interesting uh, running ticket. Uh, I just wouldn't vote for it. But I think what I'm saying by that is that people are finding those commonalities even amongst their differences. And it's due to Trump Trump derangement syndrome. I think the, the real collusion that we find is with Hillary Clinton and those emails and the CIA. And I think we should call it as well uh, Clinton derangement syndrome. Is this a really cool? They really, really will always were? I, was just, I didn't really understand that question, but I appreciate Jessica Michelle seventy five seventy one who commented four days ago, and I hope that I reached your your resp- um your comments now. Thank you, thank you for being uh, here, and everyone else as well. Now to the last thing, which is very appreciative as we conclude and wrap up here, Um go there, Andy. Well, um, and to this person who's always been a very um. <laughs> faithful listener. Oh,
2: Marjorie, right? Yeah, Marjorie.
0: <laughs> uh, at Marjorie Seekly, 1982, as well as, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Marjorie's on our uh, email list. sir. Um, thank you very much. Uh, happy birthday to Andy and Eduardo. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll be having Jess's birthday pretty soon on the 10th of August. <laughs> so I hope that we'll all have this the ending of the summer, I hope. We have, a, go, we have a
2: cool guest lined up for my birthday because we're filming on my birthday.
0: So stay tuned for that. Yeah,
2: stay tuned. <laughs> Happy Leo season. I really
0: do appreciate the intimacy. I guess what I wanted to highlight from that comment that we're not just YouTube people. We're, we've never really thought of ourselves that way. We are real people. Uh, and, and I wish we could respond to every single one of your 800 comments. It's the first for us. And I appreciate the subscribing, not because we're trying to gain popularity, but I hope these discussions are significant for our listeners and viewers. So uh, I appreciate everyone having tuned in. And uh, and we also look forward to the 10th of August with
3: Jessica's uh, uh, episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's I've, conclude. Oh, go, go there. Andy. I, I would just say I it was exciting to just see how many people tuned into this one and particularly to see how many, how the comments took on a life of their own that I nor Jessica nor Eduardo, there wasn't. we were only going to be able to be part of that tumult. Uh, we could not, as much as I would want to be like, I had to answer these questions and respond to it, it. It was good to be able to be forced to kind of let go and just see, well, no, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to put something out there and then things at that point have to have a life of their own. That process is what I believe in and that is what I believe revolution will look like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think this concludes. I appreciate this
1: this discussion. Let me just find the intro and the outro. Oh, I want to say this on the episode too. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about, and I think I want to do an episode on it, is the censorship that's going on in the on the YouTube comment section. Right um, there are there some things I've learned about it from doing little experiments, and I think one of our future episodes. I'd like to literally just talk about how I think this is working because it's pretty chilling from what I can tell. Um, And I think people have talked to us about like, wait, did you get rid of our comment? I'm like, I can definitely tell you we're getting rid of no one's comment. Um, But there are some comments that are literally just evaporating and they have a particular profile to them. And I want to talk about what I think is going on about with them. Mm, All right.
0: So we'll stay tuned for that. Yeah. As well as I just before, cause I know I'm going to be crazy thinking about this. I just want to say to Whitney Webb, which I doubt she'll ever hear what I had said about debating her. Um, in good faith, just like we did with Michael Caine. I hope Whitney Webb comes onto this show. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just throwing it out there. So in good faith, I really do invite anybody from anyone we have interviewed or other people we've admired um uh, to come on to the show and to have an honest and good faith debate with us, we don't always have to agree. That doesn't mean that your research or what you've said is invaluable. And an example of that is Alison McDowell, who I continuously admire uh, her work and uh, and hope that one day will come back on. Um, but for anybody else, it's just you're always welcome on the show. Everybody's always welcome to come on the show. Um, anyhow, so back to this. We're about to conclude thank you thank you thank you everyone and uh, that does it for this week's episode <clears throat> what's left is a weekly polit- political podcast slash channel challenging the mainstream net we post information about our topics and the episode notes about our topics and our guests on the episode notes wherever from this episode or on our blog at what's left podcast what's left podcast.com Sorry, i have marbles in my mouth you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us i remind folks if you like anything you have for here, please subscribe rate review uh turn on your notifications to any of our platforms. It really does help us. That way you'll get in touch with us. Otherwise, you'll just be algorithmed away. Um, you can find us on the Spotify, iTunes Podcast, CJ Google Play, uh, BitChute, obviously YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. You can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes wherever you found this episode. And if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Abarca with co Jessica and Andy Lipson and you can find our social media handles as at Don Eduardo Abarca on Instagram and just Twitter handle as at jhomie All Alright Thank you all for listening Ciao